Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. I am honored to be speaking to you today from the traditional, unceded, and ancestral territories of the Tecumlips Tishikwetmik. The resume. Love it or hate it, when you start a job search, you're going to need one. To be clear, they aren't my favorite starting point for a job search, which you'll know if you've been listening to me for a while, but it doesn't mean that you don't need one. You do. Often students will ask me to take a look at their resume. And what I usually see when I do this is that they leave off some really important information that could help them get an invitation to an interview. And it's really unfortunate because when I ask them about specific areas of their school or work experience, they have a lot to offer a potential employer. I'm always super impressed, but these skills and experiences and accomplishments are not reflected anywhere on their resume. And I think usually this happens because they're trying to hit a target page length, you know, like keeping it to one or two pages. And I know that's advice that a lot of you have gotten over the years from various people. And I'm not saying your resume should be a really long read, but you shouldn't sacrifice relevant information to hit some arbitrary target of page lengths. So one of the first things uh, I want you to keep in mind when we're talking about the resume is what the whole point of it is. And that might help you when you are developing your resume. It actually serves two points, in my opinion, or two really important points in the selection process. The first thing that I believe a resume does is it gives the employer enough information, just enough information, so that they can see that you're qualified for the job. The point is you want them to recognize that you could be a potential candidate and it will inspire them to want to talk to you in an interview or invite you in for further screening or assessments. The resume should be able to tell them whether or not you are qualified on paper for the job. The resume doesn't get you the job, but it should clearly outline how you're qualified for that specific job. The second thing that I believe a resume does is it will help the employer learn a little bit more about you once you're engaged further in the process. When this happens, so you make it past the screening interview and you're now in the selection process, the employer is going to go back to your resume and look for more details. So your resume should also provide information that might be helpful for them to understand how you might fit the role beyond minimum qualifications. Two purposes making sure it shows you're qualified for the job, but also beyond that, that you'll fit the job based on what all of their requirements are. Usually employers will have the resume handy during an interview and they may refer to it when asking follow-up questions or when they're trying to figure out what interview questions to ask you. For example, if you worked on an interesting project, you might get asked details about it if you don't bring it up yourself as an example. So even though the primary purpose is to get you in front of the employer in an interview, it needs to provide more information than just your minimum qualifications. 
So that's important to know before you start embarking on your resume development or upgrading is what is the whole purpose of this in the first place? Now, just before I get into what I want to talk about today, because it's not just the purpose of the resume, I want to I want to go beyond that and address this gap that I keep seeing. But when it comes to the interview, you might be getting ready for one in the near future, especially if you're graduating this semester and you're looking for your first HR job. So if that's you, make sure you check out the HR interview question guide. It is going to help you prepare for an interview by taking you through 12 of the most common interview questions you could be asked in an entry-level HR role. It's also going to offer you some great tips on how to prepare for that big event. And the interview really is an important part of the process. So if this is you and you're looking for some extra guidance, you can find a link in the show notes wherever you're listening. Grab your copy today so that you can enter that interview room feeling super confident. Now going back to the resume. Today I want to help you make that document shine as bright as you are. So I'm going to cover off three common pieces of information job seekers often forget to include on their resume, as well as some examples of how you could present this information that's going to keep your resume really easy to read and super relevant to whatever job you're applying for. I think you will find this super helpful if you're at this point in your job search or maybe you're mid-career and you're thinking of um, looking for other opportunities. It'll also be helpful to you. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. We all know resumes are not easy to prepare. After all, it isn't really a skill most people naturally have. I know some high schools teach this in career education, but it really isn't a natural process. And there's a few reasons that this can be an exercise that causes job seekers to kind of stall out or give up. Beyond the lack of clarity on what to include, which I do think affects people, um, as well as clarity on how long it should be, there are some other reasons that you might get frustrated with this process. One of them is that most of us are not really good at self-promotion. It's hard to identify and articulate your skills, accomplishments, and strengths in a way that's both accurate and persuasive. And most of us tend to downplay what we've done. But this isn't the time to be humble. And I think that is one of the problems that a lot of people face is that they're not very good at promoting themselves, especially when you have to write it down. And like I said in the intro, I think this is what I see a lot of new grads doing. They undervalue their experience and accomplishments, and they don't really articulate the value that they created uh, for other employers or in their education process. So the first thing I want to tell you is please don't hold back. Be honest, of course, but remember that this is the time for self-promotion. 
You might also find yourself obsessing a little bit over your resume because there's a lot of competition for great jobs, even in this job market. And this means you might feel pressured to stand out with your resume. Now, the resume itself is not going to make you stand out. Again, go back to the purpose of it. So for this one, I say other job seekers are not really your concern. They're also not within your control, but you and your resume are. So let the competition go and just focus on what you offer a potential employer. The other reason I think this is a tough process or tough document to create for a lot of people is because it can be really time consuming if you aren't organized before you start it. And this is why I always recommend that people who are getting ready for a job search spend some time gathering up the necessary information they need for their resume before they sit down and start writing it or creating it. This means you need to take an inventory of your strengths, your experience, accomplishments, knowledge, abilities, everything that you could offer an employer. And I talk about this in episode 41, Prepare for Your HR Job Search. So check that out if you haven't yet. I also give you a free download with a checklist that you can use to help you get ready. In this episode, I'm going to assume that you already know all the key things you need to include in a professional resume or that you can look that up online. So I want to focus on talking about the three important and relevant pieces of information or sections that I think a lot of new job seekers leave off their resume. And those are Number one, a professional summary or summary of qualifications. Number two, details about their education. And number three, accomplishments and awards. I'm going to explain each one briefly and where it belongs on your resume. And then I'll give you some examples of what you might include under each of these areas or topics. So let's start with the professional summary or summary of qualifications. I call it a summary of qualifications on my own CV, um, but it's completely up to you. I really see this as different than writing a professional objective. And to be honest with you, I don't really see the objective as holding much value on a resume because if I'm considering you for a specific role and you send me your resume, that should say the role that you've applied for. I only find objectives interesting and potentially damaging when they say that the objective is for something other than the role I'm considering the person for. That's a big oops. You always want to double check these things if you do include them on your resume or in a cover letter. Make sure you have the right job title on the actual cover letter. It's a real big turnoff for recruiters and for hiring managers. But your professional summary is very different. This is really a brief statement that should be no more than a few sentences or bullet points that outline how you're suitable for the role you're applying for. It should be focused and concise and it should tell the recruiter or hiring manager in a few seconds whether or not you meet the minimum qualifications. I really like this in a bullet point format with statements rather than a paragraph because it makes it easier to read and get your point across. Now, where does this go in your resume? Yes, right at the very top under your name and contact information. People read top to bottom, left to right. So this section is a very powerful tool 
to get you in the pile of resumes being considered for an interview in a matter of seconds. So I suggest if you are early in your career, you're only going to need five to seven bullet points max. You may even have only four, depending on the role. But if you're more senior and the role has a lot of requirements, you can always add a few more than that. Completely up to you. Now, you may have some information that you're always going to have in your summary of qualifications, such as your highest level of education and years of relevant experience, but most of the bullet points are going to change depending on the role you're applying for. So some examples of other information you could include are key skills and accomplishments that are specific to the role and that point to a fit with this job. You may include examples or specific years in the same industry that this role is in or in the same type of role rather than listing your overall years of experience. For example, you might create a bullet point that says two years experience working in a fast-paced administrative role if that's something that this particular employer is looking for. If you have experience leading teams or clubs or volunteer groups, you might include a line that says over three years experience leading teams. The point is to get whoever is reading the resume interested enough to want to read more or give you a call to ask some questions. I might also include in this section relevant associations I'm part of. So if you're a CPHR member or a CPHR candidate, definitely include this in this section. If you're multilingual and you think that could be an asset, include that as well. You might also consider any relevant accomplishments that are specifically linked to this job or the values of the organization. You can include them here, as long as it's relevant to what the employer is looking for. For example, if customer service is part of the role and you received an award for customer service, I would include that in this section and under the listing or the details of the role that you received it in. The best way to approach developing this section is to look at what the employer is asking for. And if you meet those requirements, use clear, concise bullet points to show them right away that you're the person they wanna to talk to. No, this alone will not get you the job, but it will give you a chance to have a conversation about how you do fit. Okay, so summary of qualifications right at the top of the resume. First thing they're going to read and it outlines exactly how you meet the minimum qualifications of the job that you're applying for and maybe a few extras if you have room. The next piece of content I also see missing on many resumes is educational details. Most people put their education on, especially if they're a recent grad, but usually it just says the name of the school, what they studied, and some dates. When I ask students about what they've done at school, they could list a whole bunch of contributions they made. They tell me about cool applied projects they participated in, clubs they belong to, they did a lot more than attend classes, but guess what? They don't put it on their resume. So what I encourage you to do here, so if you're a recent graduate, you probably wanna build out this section a little bit more. It's different the further you get away from your graduation. So for example, for me, I finished my MBA in 2014. That's less relevant if I'm applying for a job now. 
But if you're a recent graduate and you've engaged in activities at your university or you completed some cool projects that are relevant, and if you took courses that are specifically relevant to the job you're applying for, I would include those under my education. So I would list the school I went to, well, first I would list the degree I completed, the school I went to, the dates I was there, and then I would say whatever my major or minors were in the program, and then I would say relevant courses completed. And I would list some of them. If you took a course in total rewards or organizational learning and development or recruitment or labor relations, I would list those because that's going to show the employer that you have relevant knowledge. Now, it doesn't mean you have experience with it, but you have relevant knowledge. Every university is a little bit different in how they structure their HR programs. So yours might not be exactly the same as someone else's. And that's why I recommend new grads do include this on their resume. The other thing I would list under educational details is if you received any awards or recognition. If you were on the Dean's List, I would definitely include that. You might say uh, recipient of the Dean's List Award for maintaining a GPA of 3.8 or higher for four consecutive semesters. If you have academic achievements, you should include them. If you served in any leadership roles while you were on campus, you should also include those. You were the president of the um, HR club and you were responsible for organizing and leading monthly meetings, bringing in guest speakers, and coordinating a case competition. That should definitely be on your resume. If you volunteered at your school for any events, maybe you volunteered for a specific event that was happening um, right now at TRU, we've got international days coming up. So maybe you're a volunteer for something like that. You should include that in there. I would also include any relevant projects or experiences in the classroom that you think are relevant. For example, in my staffing and planning class that I've taught a number of times, I get my students to do an applied project where they have to write a job description, they have to create interview questions, they have to create a decision-making model, um, they have to create a recruitment plan and a budget, and those are really valuable skills that an employer could benefit from. So if you have relevant projects like that, you should definitely include those under whatever educational program that you experience those in, okay? Because chances are you were involved in a lot more than you think you were. And employers aren't going to assume that because you completed a specific program or a degree that you've done these things. They don't know. It's probably been a long time since they went to university if they did it all. So they don't know what your experience is like. So you need to show them that there is some relevancy there. You can always expand on things in an interview, but again, the point is to get them interested so that they will want to ask you those questions. So that's the second area where I think a lot of early career job seekers miss out on providing extra detail on their resume is under education. The third subject or 
topic that I often see missed on resumes is accomplishments and awards. And I also think this is a missed opportunity for people that are mid or further on in their career and they're applying for a promotion or a new opportunity. And the way that I recommend people approach this in their resume is they look at their individual work experience or volunteer experience and they ask themselves, what did I accomplish in this role while I was there? And what I like to do is after I list, you know, the key duties under each of my various roles that I filled, I put a little sub bullet point or not a bullet point, but a little subheading that says accomplishments. And then I put a couple of bullet points and I highlight some of my key accomplishments underneath the list of duties and responsibilities. So what I like to see for accomplishments and what I've included in my own resume is very specific quantifiable examples that demonstrate my achievement and my, well, my skills as well, but also my ability to deliver on projects or accountabilities that I had in my role. So some sort of generic examples, they're not necessarily HR examples, but um, this might be, and because you may not be working in an HR role yet, maybe you worked in a sales job and you increased sales revenues. You could say increase sales revenues by 25% in 2021, right? And you might even say how you did that. You might say increase sales revenues by 25% in 2021 through uh, direct marketing, or it might be through email marketing or whatever method you used, right? That's an accomplishment. It could be that you hit certain targets in multiple quarters if you had targets in your role. If you won any customer service awards or something like that, you might include this under specific jobs. I was the recipient of the 2022 Customer Service Associate of the Year Award for you know outstanding reviews from customers. Anything like that that links or shows the employer that you accomplished things, that you received recognition in a specific role. Another thing you could do here is you, you could put here any promotions you received while you were working for an organization. So you might list your last job title as, you know, department manager, but maybe you started as a customer service rep and you could say, promoted to department manager after six months, right? That shows that you hit the ground running, that people recognized your contributions, and they trusted you to go into a higher level role. You could also list here successful projects that you've completed. Uh, so not just school projects, but also work-related projects or initiatives. So you might say, I led a team of aid associates in the successful completion of a new um, software implementation. It could be doing a big uh, data management project that the employer asked you to take on because you had these technical skills through your studies at school. 
anything that feels like an accomplishment or a demonstration of your skills. It's a really good idea to separate it out of the list of duties and responsibilities so that it gets noticed and that you articulate it. Because this is going to be useful to an employer when they get to that kind of next stage in the process. So they've already screened you in because you made that amazing summary of qualifications and they could see that you were qualified, that that was all backed up by information in your resume. They're moving you on to an interview. And then when they get to the interview, they're going to go back and they're going to look at your resume, maybe before, maybe during, maybe after. And this type of information is going to be one of the things that, again, they might ask you about in an interview, but it might also be something that they revisit, even if you didn't talk about it, to say, well, you know, this person really gets stuff done and they've been recognized for it. Those might also be really good things they could ask your references about. So be sure to include them. Any kind of awards, accomplishments, recognition, um, things you're particularly proud of. And then if you can find a way in your resume to use those as an example, so that's even more powerful, right? And this is why I say it's really useful for you to sit down before you start crafting your resume to kind of list all these things out, right? What have I accomplished? What are my strengths? What are my skills? And then when you go to put this together, it's going to be so much easier and less painful for you because you're going to have everything right there. You're just putting it in a pretty format, proofreading it definitely getting someone else to proofread it before you send it out. And then each time you have an opportunity to apply for a job, you're just going to tweak that summary of qualifications so that it fits exactly to the job that you're applying for. I'd love to hear if there are other things you feel that should be on the resume um, that I haven't talked about. These are the ones I see most commonly left off that I think are really missed opportunities. And they're what I like to see as a recruiter when I'm looking at people's resumes. So definitely look for a way to include them on your resume. And just to kind of quickly summarize the three areas that I think you should make sure you have, if you don't already, is a summary of qualifications or a professional summary, more details about your education if you're a recent graduate, and any accomplishments, awards, or forms of recognition related to employment, volunteering, or school. If it's related to work, you're going to put it under the work experience category. If it's related to school, put it under the education category. If it's related to volunteering, put it in a separate category called volunteering, especially if you do a lot of volunteering. Uh, that's another one. But we're out of time for today, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, I hope you found that helpful. And, you know, if you're getting into a job search and you're looking for a step by step program to take you from being a job seeker to your first HR job offer, make sure you sign up for the newsletter in the show notes. The HRCA program is almost ready for you. It's online. It's going to be six modules of on-demand lessons, tons of great worksheets, and a supportive group of HR job seekers. And then, of course, because I like bonuses, there's going to be some cool bonuses like a group coaching session and a strengths assessment that will really help you tailor your job search and your resume and make it that much easier to market yourself to potential employers.
So it's the full package. And if you are on the newsletter mailing list, you'll be able to get great discounts and first access to the program. Now, as always, you can find the link for that in the show notes of this episode. All my episodes uh, can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our home platform, Podbean, at www.thehrmentor.podbean.com. And of course, there's links to all my episodes, including the one I mentioned today, episode 41. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do that today, wherever you're listening, and feel free to share some feedback with me. What's your favorite episode? Uh, What have you learned from listening to this? You can send me a message on LinkedIn, or you can post a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear from you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Your time is always greatly appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.